Hello, you're listening to a podcast of the Jack and Jack Show with Jack Blue. And Jack Kelleher. Welcome to our new and improved format. We're going to be experimenting with this, uh, and, and we should have a, a fairly regular podcast for you by the beginning of the next school year. This is going to be, a, uh, by the way, an improved 30-minute format. Save you some time. We'll, we'll kind of be more efficient and slimlined with our discussions. So this week is basically going to be an election special. It's been a fascinating week around the world. And we're recording this on Friday morning. So in terms of the elections in the United Kingdom that happened on the 5th of May, we're still getting results in. And to be honest, our analysis will probably be incomplete thus far. I mean, isn't it always? Um, (laughs) So, yes. So you've mentioned already the the British election, the um, election going on around the country. Uh, including for the mayor of London. Indeed. We don't yet have results for that. Do you want to call it, Jack? Okay, I'll, As a political uh, we're getting pundit. news. No, um, it's most likely, I mean, if you look at polling, etc., it's most likely to go to Sadiq Khan of the Labour Party um, on second preference votes. However, some people have suggested it's going to be a much tighter race than was anticipated. Um, previously, people have suggested it was going to be an outright win by 12, 13 upwards percent for Sadiq Khan. But uh, now it looks like it would probably be a little bit tighter than that. Although I'd be surprised if the Conservatives win. Well, I mean, we did have... We had a a large polling upset in the general election, the last general election. So polling clearly has some imperfections. Exactly, which is why people are are now very sceptical of using polls as an indicator of what's going to happen. In the UK, anyway. (laughs) Also in the US. The US is having an unprecedented... Uh, and I've been using that word a lot. We live in unprecedented exactly. times, Jack. It's a good. We'll, we'll stick with. We'll go with the U.S. We'll, first. Yeah. Okay. That's Fab. as is as is our typical exactly, format. So, exactly. So, in the U.S., in the Republican field, uh, the grand old party has had all but one of the remaining contenders for the the presidential nomination drop out. Uh, so, we've lost Ted Cruz. In a what a terrible shame. Uh, we've lost John Kasich in what is actually slightly more of a shame. Uh, and the remaining, the, the last man standing, is the one and, and the only. Donald. Mr. Donald J. J. Trump. Trump. I don't know what the J stands for, do you know? I don't know. I shall find out. We'll get information, uh, upcoming information on that. Um, this is surprising to me because I figured the reason that Ted Cruz was staying in was to deprive Trump of the votes he needed and to force a, a contested convention, or to force the... Um, there's another word, contested isn't quite right. Uh, That's the word I think it's, most it's, people use. It's the most common it. phrase. I think it's technically incorrect if you look at the rules of the convention. But Anyway, so Cruz has dropped out, leaving Trump as the presumptive nominee, failing some kind of trickery uh, or some kind of uh, double-crossing of him by the Republican Party. He's the Republican nominee. And I think it's probably worth talking about how this happened. Um, the Indiana primaries. We sat here a week ago, exactly, and said, the Indiana primaries are coming up. It's pro- Trump's probably going to win, but it's not going to be that big of a deal, necessarily. We both predicted, I think, that Cruz was going to stay in the race. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the fact that he dropped out after, by the way, having been absolutely smashed in the... Um, uh, in the Indiana primary by about 20%. I'm trying to do the maths in my head very quickly. Come on, 16%. 
Um, 17%. Nice, nicely done. Um, he really, it's it was a big surprise, I think, to a lot of people. And he pulled out almost within a couple of hours after it being called. And then the Kasich, Kasich was uh, the morning after. Yeah. Uh, it's been insane. So I've been, I've been, I've been pondering. How did we? How did we get here? And I've come to a couple of conclusions. Of uh, the Republicans have failed to govern, to do their job in government of governing, uh, and passing laws in in Congress and the, the Senate. Uh, and so they have little to show. The people are unhappy. They don't feel represented. Uh, they feel like politicking is happening rather than, than representation. Mm-hmm. Then we had the massive field that allowed Trump to kind of go under the radar. His masterful manipulation of the media, some alliteration. <laughs> nice. Uh, he managed to, where everyone else was spending money on uh, campaign, you know, campaigning, he managed to hijack the media, essentially, to use it for his own to his own ends, and uh, he already had the name recognition, and he was in headlines literally every day or every other day. He was he was front front page news constantly, and it's it's gone down now. But he truly that was a, a very impressive thing. So if you so that's I guess that's one way of looking at it. But how about a Trump presidency? I wonder how that would look in the grand scheme of things, because a lot of people talk about especially the more liberal people in the world, talk about how it would be a sort of, you know, it would be a terrible thing, etc. Catastrophe. Catastrophe. The end of the world as we know it. If we look at his policies specifically, which, by the way, are very few, specific policies, very Very few far between. That's not his strong point. Exactly. But socially, in terms of the social spectrum, are we going to see, um, if Trump won the general election in November, would we be more likely to see a slightly more liberal Republican, or what? What, I, what George Bush termed a compassionate conservative? Quite possibly. So my, I guess my question is: Is it going to be as bad as everyone thinks it will be? I mean, I think yes. I think yes. He has policy positions that look more like a, a, a Democrat, a populist Democrat, but yes. In between those are all of these very hateful, almost like authoritarian, uh, very controlling racial policies. And uh, I think that he would do severe damage to the U.S. in terms of its appearance overseas. Can you imagine trying to negotiate a trade deal with him? Can you imagine? the? Well, isn't that his strength? Allegedly. So, I mean, it would probably be good for America, maybe not so good for the rest of the world, but it'd be good for America if we had a a president who had lots of experience making deals. Making deals in a private business and making deals with, as a government person, as as the government, are very different things. I'm sure there's some crossover of skills, but I'm not sure that his uh, grandiose, uh, you know, machismo kind of attitude quite fits. I guess the other thing about a Trump presidency, we, we were talking about this before we started recording, was his relationship with Congress, which is something that's vital with a president. Obama's having the problem now, and he has done since, well, pretty much 2008. the start. Well, <laughs> well 2008 to 10, that Congress, or I guess 2000 and He did 9 to 11. Yeah, he is, had a, is, a super majority. That was a kind of the... the 
the good years. Um, they did have a supermajority in the Senate and the House, which is very rare, which is why he was able to get Obamacare passed, etc. But Trump would be unlikely to face such unanimity, even if it was a Republican-controlled House and Senate from the off. Absolutely, yeah. There's a, a huge amount of opposition to him, both within the Republican Party, even even now that he's the presumptive nominee. Uh, you mentioned earlier Paul Ryan came out yesterday, and, and he's not ready yet. He no. can't he can't endorse That's just the, yet. That's the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Um, so the Republicans, and then there's also this kind of this wave of what I've heard called Vichy Republicans, who are are <laughs> kowtowing to his uh, Vichy Republicans. Yeah, as in after Vichy, Vichy France. France. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because they are they see the they see the way things are going, and they want to they want to stay on the right side of, of. Have you heard the national anthem for Vichy France? Sorry, this is a very tangential. I have not. It's called Maréchal Nous Voilà, which means like Maréchal Pétain. Yeah, Maréchal Pétain, which kind of which means you know. New we Marshall? support you. New, as in we. Oh, sure. We're yeah. there for you, kind yeah, of a yeah, business. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, sure, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a more direct literal translation. Yeah, yeah. It's a very catchy tune. Just saying. I mean, uh, sure, but it's, it, it has you know Nazi, Nazi undertones, sympathi- <laughs> sympathizing <laughs> undertones. But um, what's that opera called by Karl Orff? Um, I have no com- idea. Uh, you know, oh, Fortuna. That one. That was written under the Nazis on oh, the instruction of Hitler. I mean, uh, Fainter is a product of the Nazis because uh, Coke. Really? They couldn't import Coke syrup, uh, so the the Coca Cola company in in Germany. Created its own orange drink. Uh, you've also got uh, the invention of the jet engine. That's a Nazi. Wow. Rocketry. The B, uh, The Volkswagen. Uh, auto- autobahns. Well, we. Um, the Nazis. We did could a, just they get... did a lot of great things. Oh, you know? Jack! Don't say that. This is a public I debate. Am, of course, I am of course kidding. Uh, anyway, well, no. Anyway. They made they made significant uh, technological and social advance, advances. But those are more than outweighed Social by the advances. Uh, yeah, they did. They did some some positive things. Well, I'm glad I'm not on record in having said that. However, <laughs> I need to be incredibly clear. I, I I've I've found myself in in over my head. Um, <laughs> those are more than outweighed by the terrible terrible things that happened. The terrible things that they did uh, knowingly. Uh, I don't. I don't let's, endorse the Nazis. Let's Can we circle move on? back. Let's, to... let's go back to before <laughs> Where I we? accidentally endorsed Nazism. So we were talking. We've talked about the Trump presidency. Let's talk a bit about the Democratic race. Again, not nothing too dramatic this week. We've kind of since I guess Super Tuesday two, which really saw the death knoll in Sanders' campaign. Yeah. I guess um, there's not been that much to talk about because. Clinton well, is the presumptive nominee. He is continuing to run, which I think is significant. He has a huge amount of money and support, yep. which is incredible, considering that he's this nobody, insane old man, just just registered as a Democrat for the first time, calls himself a socialist. Like, at the beginning of this election season, I was so wrong. I thought Trump wouldn't be a big deal. I yep. thought... Uh, Sanders would be a fun flash in the pan. I guess I don't. I don't know what my uh, American brothers and sisters are are thinking, because the, the, I'm clearly clearly not in line. I'm surprised. I'm pleased with Sanders. I'm pleased that he's made progress and he's pushed Hillary to the left. And and well, would you not say that it's a bit pointless for him to continue running now? And I I have to say. Now, we've reached a situation, I can't understand how this happened, where 
Sorry to interrupt you. No, go you for asked the question. We started the process with 17 Republican contenders, give or take. Mm-hmm. Five Democrat contenders, which before Iowa had reduced to three, I think. How can we have ended up in a situation where Donald Trump, against 16 other people, has won... You know, we're talking over 50% in the past eight states, I think, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Huge yeah. majorities, really big majorities. Clinton and Sanders are still fighting, and they're really close. Is it not going to serve to divide the Democratic Party at a time when, to be honest with you, the Democratic Party needs to be united, be as united as it possibly can be against the Republicans? Possibly. This brings me to an interesting point about, uh, I have an article here, entitled, Americans' distaste for both Trump and Clinton is record-breaking. <laughs> and I have a, a disapproval percentage. This is 50%. Yeah. Uh, Trump has over 50%. But if you look at this, this is the disapproval ratings for every president since Carter and Reagan. And this is pre-election? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, late March to late April of each election year. Okay. Um, Clinton, significantly more disliked, almost 40% disapproval. Uh, Obama at this point had a 25% disapproval, mm-hmm. uh, and that was the next the next highest. Uh, uh, Obama at this point in 2012, sorry, had like a 28%, it looks like. Trump is the, the highest since George W. Bush in his second term, at over 50% well, disapproval. Well, I think more than that, Trump is the has the highest disapproval ratings of any presidential candidate, presidential candidate ever in the history of polling yeah, yeah which is saying something it really is so what we're seeing i guess will be an election of the lesser of two evils yes absolutely and i'm put in that position as an american voter i i am no great fan of of hillary um but i i have no choice because of the way the electoral system can works. you see a third party candidate gaining no because of just numerically it doesn't work if you vote for a third party, you're depriving the lesser of two evils of a vote, and then the more, the the, the greater of two evils uh, will get in. So it's of your it's in your interest to vote against the opposition rather than for someone you approve of. It's it's a terrible it's a terrible system, and it needs reform. Uh, and I'm not convinced that Hillary will bring it, but uh, I guess I guess we don't have a choice. So are we ready to move on to the UK? Yeah. Um... I think we were going to talk about running mates briefly, but to be honest, there's not a huge amount to say about that. No, really. We I, don't know anything. And I there's agree. rumblings of things. I maintain that Julian Castro will be Clinton's vice presidential nominee or candidate, whatever the phrase. I can see that. I can see that. He's the... I've, I think I've talked about him so many times. He's the current housing and urban development secretary in Obama's cabinet. And he ticks all the boxes. Male... So to counter the ticket, Latino, <clears throat> young Latino from Texas, Southern, yeah. So um, <coughs> he he counters everyone of Hillary, Hillary's North woman. Yeah. Uh, Lib- does he? Liberal. That's not the right word, but you know what I mean. Hillary's got foreign policy. Sounds like he's in charge of domestic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's. I think that's a very. And he's held elected office. He was the mayor of. Um, oh no, not Austin. What's the big town in Texas? Houston. Oh, oh boy, you stressed me out there. Um, I was trying to... What, what are places in Texas? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Austin? Houston? Houston. Houston. Is Houston, that how you say we've it? had a problem. Okay, yeah. Um, As opposed to... I don't know. Austin. I'm going to check that Houston? because I don't want to get that wrong. Houston. Did you get uh, Trump's middle name, by the way? John. Donald John Trump. It's quite boring. It is, it is. 
Um, he Sorry, more than, he I told, more than makes up for it in uh, Bravado. I, I think I told a very horrible lie. It wasn't Houston. It was San Florida. Antonio. <laughs> Houston's, no, Houston's in Texas. Texas. Oh, yeah, correct. But San Antonio was he was the mayor of San Antonio, which is in the south of Texas. Way off the rails, way off the rails. I uh, was the uh, more interesting of those is going to be who's <laughs> Trump's running mate. That's that's the real mystery. Cuz he can't draw from the establishment cuz he hates it so much. But... He's uh, he mentioned he would consider taking someone out of the GOP field. Presumably not Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> Presum- I would assume he wouldn't go with Marco Rubio either but he did say- someone asked him if he would consider Kasich and he said I like Kasich have a lot of respect for him we get on relatively well but I don't think I would choose him as my yeah he wouldn't do Carson he wouldn't do Fiorina and I don't think any of the others Chris have- Christie's been he's been he's been trying to get his way in there god can you he- imagine awkwardly standing behind Trump did you see I think it was Christie's wife flinched Trump was saying something terrible about women and his wife flinched visibly. I really uh, hope it isn't Chris Christie. I think a Trump Christie ticket would be a fun one to vote against. <laughs> with that, with that, to the uh, to uh, to the election going on yes. right now well, as, as we on, speak. This is going on. I mean, the results are still coming in. And so please bear with me. But I stayed up quite late last night watching all of this stuff. To be honest with you, it's not quite as exciting as last year's general election, which is pretty much... A year ago today. Can't I think it was the 6th of May we voted. But, um, yeah, we are voting. People around the UK are voting in Scotland, in a devolved parliament there, Scottish Parliament. Wales in the National Assembly. Northern Ireland in the National Assembly. There are mayoral contests in London, Liverpool, Bristol, and somewhere else. <laughs> um, Salford. And then there are also local elections going around going on around the country um the big ones really to look out for are scotland may mayoral election here in london and local elections around the uk so i, I guess and that's not to say that wales northern ireland etc are not important but <clears throat> relatively speaking scotland has been i think probably the most interesting of all of the um contests because the, all of the results are in at the moment and 129 seats are elected to the Scottish Parliament. The, the Scottish National Party, the SNP, is short of an overall majority by two. There are 63 seats out of 65, which is absolutely unprecedented. Well, it's not unprecedented, but electorally, to gain a majority or near a majority of the Scottish Parliament is just ridiculous. It's, the system is designed so that this doesn't happen. So what's likely to happen is because the Greens, Green Party, the Scottish Green Party, I should say, are on four seats. Um, they are likely to. Oh, maybe I'm wrong with that. Sorry, six seats. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Six seats. Oh, plus four. They're on six seats. The SNP and the Greens are likely to vote together. What's more interesting, what is the most interesting thing about the Scottish race is that the Labour Party, the party of Scotland, the, to be quite honest with you, the country that won Blair, the 97 general election and his other wins has now, Labour Party has now been pushed into third place behind the Conservatives, which is, I can't begin to describe how shocking that is. It's a pretty clear, I have a statistic here, it's a pretty clear one for one. So clearly all of those Labour voters are, are now voting Conservative because Labour dropped almost 10% and Conservatives <clears throat> gained 8 or so percent. I'm not, 
not convinced that that's... That's probably not what... Ha- I, I think those Labour voters would m- more than... Oh, they're going gone to SNP, of course. Yeah, but yeah. then the Conservatives have taken vote from UKIP, Liberal Democrats, probably some Labour voters. Uh, um, you're right. It would be a, it would be kind of crazy for them to switch so radically. Also, I think turnout was um, 55 or so, which was which was higher than it's been yeah, in previous years. 55.6%. Um, but that is just to be quite honest with you, it's just astonishing. I never and the Conservative leader Ruth Davison won her seat in Edinburgh Central which was a, a, a Labour seat, which was predicted to be Labour, then SNP, then Conservative, in this sort of order of <clears throat> uh, probability. So it's been, to be honest with you, it's been a really good night for the Conservatives in Scotland, better than the SNP, because everyone knew the SNP were going to get their almost majority. Um, it's, been an, it's been a really interesting night, and one that the Labour Party shall reflect on, I think. I can't understand how this has happened because the Scottish people will not. W- w- I can't see what's going to draw them back to Labour. If not Jeremy Corbyn, because he is kind of the most appro- appropriate Labour leader for Scotland that they've had in recent years. What's the problem? Why are they not voting for Labour? <laughs> this is. Oh, this was. I was about to ask about uh, Corbyn. Does this reflect poorly on him? I'm thinking this kind of is is a similar thing of. <clears throat> We, we uh, liberal city folk don't know what it's like. I, I would compare yep. this to uh, southern voters in the U.S. not voting for Sanders, who I would say is obviously in, in their interest over Clinton. Yeah, you're, that's a really good question. Um, does it reflect badly on Corbyn? I have to say no. And I'm, I'm not particularly pro-Corbyn or pro-Labour necessarily, but I, I don't think it does reflect badly. There are a few things to keep in mind. Firstly, Corbyn's been in the job since September. That's not a, that's not long enough to have left an impact on people who haven't forgiven Labour for New Labour and then Miliband for the past five years. It's just not long enough. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, in these elections, people don't people will vote for their local issues. They'll vote for who they think is going to represent them best in Scotland. And the Scottish Labour Party is quite devolved. So is this Conservative Party, etc. I think they will be more likely to concentrate on what's going on specifically in Scotland rather than in Westminster. Yeah, in many ways it does reflect badly. He hasn't been able to gain in Scotland. But if, and I I maintain this, if Jeremy Corbyn isn't going to be able to, then no one's going to be able to. So, I mean, Annie Burnham didn't stand a blooming chance. Mm. You make you make excellent points. You're very very knowledgeable on this, which I I am not. Uh, <laughs> do you want to bring it to uh, to near here? You mentioned local. I think Goldsmith was my local uh, representative at oh, some really? point. Oh really? He's um, he's a Richmond area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I may have met him when I was in primary school. Oh really? I'm 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 no great fan. He's an, uh, he's think, but... he was the MP for the uh, Richmond area since 2010. I think he was somewhere else before that. Possibly very close to I Richmond. I think he ran, yeah, or Barnes. Oh, he ran. I went to school in, in Barnes, which is oh, kind of okay, near, yeah. nearby. That's interesting. Um, Fun fact. Yeah. It, that, the mayoral election has been... I mean, you, you we were talking about this. You aren't eligible, eligible to vote I for it. I am not, unfortunately. Um, but have you been keeping up with it at all? I've been trying. I've, it's all it's all been very sudden because in the US yes. you, have, you have a year of warning. Yeah, this is the difference this between you. sprung upon And me. people said... It, it, just for comparison, the election campaign last week was the, last year. Sorry, was the longest we've ever had, and it was six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah, it was way too long. I think we could have done with three weeks. Really, 
Don't you think? Don't you like the US style though, where it's theatre? Yes, yes, I love that. Like but... it belongs in the entertainment section of the yeah. paper in the US. It's wild. But I don't know. I I just think this campaign has been quite divisive in many ways. A lot of people are accusing Sadiq Khan. The Tories are accusing Sadiq Khan of siding with extremists. He appeared on platforms with various individuals. You can look at that for yourself. Um, whereas the Labour Party are accusing, accusing Goldsmith of running quite a divisive campaign. I mean, also he is the he Panama Papers. He, he came out as yeah. his father, maybe. Yeah. Uh, or or he inherited some insane amount of money, some hundred millions. If, if anything, that's gonna di- that's gonna put voters off. I think he dropped out of Eton. Yeah, he's he he was he was an he's Eton. not a man of the people by any means. I, I don't think he's ever experienced. Uh, Whereas um, Khan, on the other hand, is the son of a bus driver, and, and he's far more. The somebody described him as Sadiq Khan as frustratingly mediocre, which yeah, is that so true. About right. because, I'm sorry, I don't want to be offensive to him, but he's not. The problem is we've we've got Boris Johnson who couldn't be more kind of crazy, and he's he's he seems down to earth. I'm not entirely sure how much he, that's he true. Isn't. He isn't. But he's. But Spoiler I mean, alert, Jack, he's a good uh, politician in that he's. He says things that most politicians would never dream of saying. He does crazy things. Did you see him rugby tackling that child last yeah, year? Yeah, the Japanese child. Brilliant. Tiny Japanese child, no no older than 12. And Bojo comes in barreling at him and, but no one and, else would, who and else throws would, him to the ground. Who else would dream of... I mean, if David Cameron did that, he'd have to resign. It's. I think this might have been our warning. This might have been our precursor. Think. Think about the crazy old white blonde-haired politician who says vaguely offensive <laughs> things. This is. We should have seen Trump coming. We should have done. But that, but Boris Johnson is why the Conservatives won't win because Zach Goldsmith is kind of more robust. Some Captain Moran described David Cameron as C three PO made of ham. <laughs> and I I think that's quite accurate actually. That's good. <clears throat> Zach is. Goldsmith is possibly more robotic. Um, so really, it's a choice between two kind of relatively dull candidates. Really sorry, um, but one of them will win, and I think it would be Carl. Of course, one of, them, <clears throat> one of them will win. I mean, that's not well, unless surprising. It's, I don't think we're going to see a, a shock turnout. The Women's a... Equality Party <clears throat> has polled quite highly, considering it's the first entry. It's a new party that was set up after the election last year by Sandy Toxvig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She yeah, yeah, yeah. Set up she's she's taking over QI. Did you know? Oh, she's taking over QI. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Stephen Fry is, is retiring. That's his, like, I know. That's his I, he's of... he's so at home there. I love uh, I love I love Fry. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Are we done? Fun with fact. That? Yeah. Fun um, fact. Um, Any, anything else? I mean, else? I I should, probably should talk about Wales. Wales. Um, Wales. Um, the Labour Party still remain in control there. It, they they're short of an overall majority. I, I don't think all the seats have been counted as of yet. I might be wrong with that. But um, yeah yeah perfect. Um, I think they're two seats short of an overall majority, yeah. But that will mean they're still essentially that is Labour, Labour is two, two yeah. seats. The, the real good... Not, sorry, not good, I shouldn't say that. But the, the real kind of interesting thing is Plaid Cymru, who, who have done well. Um, they've increased their seat, and they're now at 11 seats, which will give them a, quite a lot of influence. In is that how you say that? I've, I've always seen it written, and it is, it's not spelled in a, an approachable it's way. It's Welsh, so it, it means the party Cymru? of Wales, Plaid Cymru. Cymru, yeah. That U is a Y. Um, I, I think... And that Y is a you U. Ask, a, ask someone who speaks Welsh. I just go with what they say. Okay. And Leanne Wood, who leads Blyde Cymru, says... Blyde Cymru. And in every interview she does, you know when the interviewers always say, good morning, good to have you here? Yeah. She will always say good morning in Welsh. 
That's fine, I guess. The dying <laughs> language. I mean, yeah, I had a, an Irish friend. They they speak. Um, That's interesting. Uh, Irish is quite. But they. But it's a. It's very very much a dying language. They had to learn it in school, but it's. It's not widely spoken. Interesting. Uh, I think we're. I think we're seeing the final few generations of these uh, minority <clears throat> languages. There are. There are still. Sorry to, to circle back. There are still four seats left to count. But the other big thing that's happened in Wales today is UKIP have gained seats in the assembly. They're now on six seats, which is six more than they had last time. Probably at the expense of Conservatives and Labour. Um, more than anyone else. So overall, not a surprising, particularly, other than the Conservative in Scotland, not a surprising night. I don't think Corbyn needs to worry because he has certainly, his his rivals have not been given the ammunition to force or to trigger a um, Revolution challenge. against him. Yeah, exactly. So he'll, he'll, be, he'll be there. David Cameron can breathe a bit of a sigh of relief. UKIP probably will be disappointed, I think. They probably would have wanted to have done better in the local elections and possibly in Scotland, but they don't tend to do well in Scotland anyway. They can and, be happy uh, with Wales. London's going to have a boring mayor no matter what. And London's going to have a boring mayor. We probably, I think we'll find out about five o'clock. The count started in London. I've, yeah, I've seen that that uh, that time suggested. Yeah. So overall, not as exciting as America. Uh, it's exciting in its own way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so we up for a, a brief. Do you want to do you want to do a forty minute show? We, we yeah, promise you on. half an hour. We'll push it out a bit. Um, promise you half an hour. Uh, we'll, we'll add another five or so <laughs> for uh, lexicography corner, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! Um, I love this. Do you want to just look at the words and, and choose a uh, choose a word? What we do is we look at. <laughs> Go on, Jack. You explain. So we look at some uh, some words from the SAT, some very difficult words selected from the dictionary, which American students are expected to learn. Uh, and how, some old, of them, how old are you when you have to do this? Uh, end of high school, so, so like that? A-levels okay. age. God. I would Still, n- though, I don't they're, be... they're challenging words. Do you oh, want to do an I word today? Oh, there's loads of them. They're all a bit technical, though. Intransigent is a good one. Intransigent is a great... And I, you actually you see it... I wish, right, I'm going to pick some words. Intransigent is a good one. Impervious to please, persuasion, requests, and reason. So, Donald Trump. Is an intransigent gentleman. Uh, <laughs> irreverence like, is a good one. Irreverence, I like irreverence. is a good one. Uh, lack of reverence, not treating something with respect. Inchoate is a good one. It's up here near the top, I think. Spelled I-N-C-H-O-A-T-E. What does that mean? Only partly in existence. Um, so... What would you describe as inchoate? Something that's under construction, you know, the inchoate building, perhaps. Oh, I see. So, oh, I'm thinking like a fetus is perhaps an inchoate human. Maybe we're using <laughs> Maybe that we'll wrong. Go too philosoph- philosophical there. Um, insidious. Insidious is good because it is kind of it. Sounds really spiteful. It's almost, it's almost a matter onomatopoeic yeah, exactly. in, its, that's what I was, in its suggestion. Onomatopoeic, of, that's what the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um, okay, do you want to say in, in, insidious is our word of the week? Yes, I will say that. I'm going to say insidious is our word of the week. Word of the week, ladies and gentlemen, insidious. Yes. Uh, for our final segment, we are just about ready to wrap up. Uh, but I can't help myself but for Space Corner, uh, the... Uh, SpaceX, the company that is landing their rockets on a barge in the middle of the ocean, uh, has successfully landed a rocket from... This is recovery. The Falcon has landed. Oh, that was a nice little... um... Nice audio clip. Nicely timed. Yeah. Um, 
they've successfully recovered a rocket from higher and faster. This was not expected to work, but it did. And uh, I am I am very pleased about that. Uh, we'll be back in the future. We've managed to keep it almost a half hour. Indeed. I think Friday will be our day for releasing the podcasts. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, but we're we're in we're coming up to exam time. We're in a in a wild time. So this may be the last you hear of us for uh, a little while. But uh, thank you for listening. It's been the Jack and Jack show for Friday the 6th of May. Thank you very much. Enjoy your weekend and your upcoming week. Goodbye. <laughs>